Welcome to This and That. My name is John Miranda, and I will be your host for this episode. All right, so here we go with another freewheeling or running off at the mouth show. Recently, uh, well, there have been quite a few things happening recently, but recently I've returned from helping my daughter move from one state to another with her stuff in a U-Haul trailer and pulling a tow dolly. Her Prius. That was uh, that was quite the experience. the uh, The thing about it that was particularly weird, and I've noticed this at other times of driving around, but particularly at night, a lot of vehicles, particularly the newer ones, have these bright white lights on them. And if it's a truck, of course, they're high off the ground. And this truck that I was driving was a fifteen footer U haul. And they have those, you know, um, I don't know what you call them, trailer mirrors on the side. And so you can't really adjust them very easily. And so I would have to put my hand up so that it can block the reflection coming in. And uh, and that wasn't too frequent of those kind of vehicles. The newer passenger cars had them also. What was particularly aggravating was that the truck drivers, the diesel truck drivers had them. And in some cases, they had not only... The running lights, not the running lights, but the driving headlights, but also their fog lights were also that bright white. And that that struck me as kind of very odd because they should be more sensitive to that sort of thing. Uh, But apparently um, some of them aren't. But anyway, U-Haul was a good company to deal with. I was very happy with their costs and uh, the service that they delivered. At one point where we picked up the truck, they were training a, a couple of young kids, and so that wasn't as efficient as it should have been. But we had to stop at another one in order to adjust the straps holding the tires on uh, on the Prius, and and that kid that kid was very knowledgeable and very helpful. I found out that uh, you can sleep in the cab, which I did. It's a, there's three seats. One's one's kind of a small one. And that it's possible to sleep in the box of the truck as well. What happened was a friend of mine said we could stay there in in the city where I was taking my daughter to. And she was out of town at the time, but gave me a location with the key. Problem was, when we rolled in at 2 a.m., the key opened, which we thought was going to open either the front door or the back door, only opened a, a little storage area right there at the end of her carport. And there was, and that was that, you know. And it was early in the morning, and I didn't want to call her and blah, blah, blah. So my daughter had a sleeping bag, and there were some mats, you know, that we had gotten to, to wrap around the furniture. So she slept in the back of the truck with the door down, and I slept in the front of the truck across those two seats. Not the most comfortable accommodations, I'll tell you. Uh, we both got about three or four hours of sleep, and then the next day, we were able to um, take the truck with the tow dolly and, and get off, get the car off the tow dolly, turn that in, and then we drove to the U-Haul storage place, which was another location, um, because they had storage lockers and had the truck unloaded there. Uh, that was an interesting story there, because I had contacted some a couple of guys, or a guy actually, on Craigslist who, you know, they did moving stuff, right? They had they had a truck if you needed it, you know. If not, they had people that could load it, unload it. 
The thing was, it said when I saw the ad, it was $70 an hour, right? And I figured, okay, fine. And I just called the number. I should have clicked on the link there, and then I would have been taken to their website where it was two hours minimum, so $140. So these guys roll in, and my daughter, we just had it like, we didn't have very much in that truck at all, maybe a, enough stuff for a large master bedroom and uh, a bunch of equipment that she uses for her uh, audiovisual work, right? And so they were done in like almost a half an hour. So I contacted the guy about that, and, uh, and he said, well, it's two hours minimum. Now, I had never, I didn't see that, right? And he said, well, it was on my website. And I said, well, I didn't go to your website. I called your number, and I did text you. Uh, the day before that to verify there was $70 an hour and you said yes. You never said anything about a minimum two hours. So we went back and forth on that and he was unwilling to budge except for, well, you know, when you come to have them taken, to have the stuff taken from the storage locker to the house your daughter's going to live in, then it'll just be $100. And if it's our truck, then uh, you just pay mileage. Well, I, I'm not having anything to do with that guy. You know, that was that was not right. He should have made some adjustment right then and there. Anyway, it was really nice to to leave Baton Rouge. I'd been there several times to visit my daughter, and uh, I don't care for it. I didn't care for it at all. Uh, the food, though, you know, Louisiana food is 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 the bomb. It's, it's the greatest. But we had a nice drive actually, uh, despite long. I drove the whole way. We stopped a number of times for gas. And we had to do a, a check, as I mentioned earlier, on the straps that were holding the tires down on the car we were towing. But the thing that was cool about it was, is I got a chance to really talk to her more beyond a social level. And it occurred to me that I wonder how many parents really do talk to their children. I mean, there's talking at them, and there's, you know, the social talk that goes back and forth. But, I mean, really, you know, what's going on with them? What, what do they think about this? What do they think about that? And she's... Uh, in a beginning relationship, if you will. And so there were things I wanted to talk with her about that. And she was quite candid with me, and I was quite candid with her. And so we got to talk about things that probably fathers would not necessarily talk to their daughters about, but should, you know. There shouldn't be anything that you can't talk to anybody about, really. Um, at least uh, are willing to do that, whether you would or not, would depend on the circumstances, you know. But... Um, She's real wide open communication wise as well, and she her business is online, and and she talks um, a lot, interacts with her community, so she's uh, she's quite versed in communication as well. So it was really good to get to know her at that level, and uh, and it's kind of carried forward now that she's not doing her contracted job, which she was doing for seven years. Her time is a lot freer. She was working like fifty five hours a week. And she'd have uh, she'd have Sunday off sometimes, and she'd have some evenings off, and then she would work also her her online business. So we never really had a chance to to talk to her as much as we would have liked to. Whereas since we've been back here, we got back here I think on Sunday, and this is uh, Tuesday, and she's called two days in a row to kind of fill us in on what's happening and that kind of stuff, and just to talk to us because now she can and she really likes it. And there's some stuff to talk about as well, because she's doing this and doing that in terms of getting herself situated and located there. But that, but that's that's really nice. I'm I'm really happy about that, and, and so is my wife. I had something cool happen to me actually yesterday. I was in a grocery store, went there to get a couple of items, just two things. You know, I got some a little, little snack thing, and I got um, 
some ice cream, so ice cream, S-O. And I'm standing behind this woman who's in front of me, and she's got all her stuff on a little moving, on a moving rack, right? Her belt, and it's got that little separator there. And she looks at me and goes, that all that you're doing? Just those two things? I go, yeah. I'm thinking she's going, well, you can go ahead of me. Because she was just up next, right? And I said, ah, you just go ahead. And she said, no, no, no. Uh, put those things over here. I'm going to just buy them for you. I go, what? And she repeated that, right? And I said, no, no, you can't do that. I can't let you do that. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. And she grabs the stuff and puts it on on her side. She says there's something about, you know, uh, being nice and, and, and doing things for other people is basically is a very kind thing to do. And so I know from my experience in the past that someone offers to do something for you and it's something positive, don't deny that. When you do that, it causes them an upset and it's foolish. And in this case, there was no reason for me to deny it. So I let her do that. I let her buy that for me and thanked her a couple more times for that. And it really kind of made my day. And, and that gave me pause to think about how much we really do for one another. And it doesn't take a whole lot. I mean, that, that was nothing. It cost her maybe under $10. And, and there are other things, though, that you can do to one another uh, on this planet that, that cost nothing like simply smiling at somebody or nodding at them, you know, or saying good morning or good evening or how are you, or just looking at them sometimes when you're walking and instead of looking away. Those little acts make a big, big difference. And for us, we're all here on this mud ball playing the same game, so to speak, which is we're trying to survive. We're trying to not only just stay alive, but stay alive at the highest standard that we possibly can achieve. And, and, you know, achieve as much pleasure as we can and avoid as much pain as we can. And, and we can't do that alone. We cannot survive alone. You know, we need one another. We need the grocer. We need the mechanic. We need the, the, uh, the nurse, the doctor. We need all these, all these people in order to really help us live the life that we want to live. But because of situations that kind of divide us all, it's, we're not in as good a communication as we should be. And that starts really right at, right at, shortly after birth. When we were really young, you know, parents start indoctrinating us with, you know, don't talk to strangers. And there is some something good about that to some degree, but it needs to be explained more. You know, it's not don't talk to strangers. It's like, you know, realize that there are some people out there that may wish you harm. Just be aware of that. But most won't. You know, and someone smiles at you, you know, you smile back or someone, you know, good morning to you, good evening to you. You should, you know, recognize that. These are these are social people and there are more social people by far than there are any social people. But what happens is there isn't a differentiation made there. And so it starts there. And then, you know, a person starts to have things happen to them. Right. And, and if they're bad things, they tend to make that into a generality about other people potentially do the same thing you know for example a guy gets burned by a red-headed girl now all red-headed girls he's going to be approaching with caution or or, or not at all you know thinking that they're all that way and, and that has to do with the makeup of the mind and, and that's another subject for me later to talk about and then and beyond that there's uh there's you know it's cautions that as you're going along people are telling you don't talk to these people don't deal with those people these people are bad you know, you get racism thrown in there as well. And then, of course, the news is a, is a great example of separating us out, you know, trying to keep us apart from one another. 
there's, I think, uh, a rhyme and reason to that. If you can keep people separated and not together, then they can't band up together and they can't fight back against oppression or tyranny, you know, and that's what I think is at the basis of it all. Uh, the news, my mother, I told the story before, she would watch the news three or four or five times a day. And she would not allow me to look if I drove her somewhere, if I looked and we were stopped, if I looked at another car and beside us, she'd freak out, thinking, oh, these people are going to hurt us, they're going to shoot you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, she got that from the news. And she's been made afraid of other people. But um, by and large, and this is not to say that you should just be completely trusting of everyone. You've got to use your instincts. You've got to use your perceptions, you know. Somebody seems a little odd. Someone seems a little threatening or something peculiar about them. It, it may not be anything. And then again, it may be something. So you need to use caution in those cases because there are people, you know, 2.5% of the population is uh, dangerous, very dangerous. Uh, and another, I guess the other 18 or 17.5% are um are troublesome. They can be troublesome to you and uh, troublesome to uh, to themselves as well. But 80% by far are very cool. They want to survive. They want to help you survive. And and there was a, those are the folks that you want to associate with. Which brings me to the subject of uh, friends because what is a friend? A friend is someone that really supports you. You know, um, it's more than just someone that I guess you you you've you've known you've gone gone to school with you know you've partied with and that kind of stuff. This is someone who who will support you. You know you've got plans and you've got goals and stuff. And and as long as those are survival goals and not destructive, a real friend will support you. You know you go yeah well what I'm going to do you know I really want to start this um, literacy program after work. And if the person is a friend, they'll go oh that's a great idea. You know, matter of fact, I thought about that myself here. Uh, let's talk about that sometime because I've got some ideas. There's your friend right there, you know. Uh, or you come up with some other, you know, project, big old project, et cetera, and, and, they're, and they're behind it, you know, and they'll help if they can. They'll offer to help if they can. Those that you need to stay away from are the lower tone people, you know. Someone is going to go, oh, I don't know, you know. Have you thought that through? Or, or what about... What might the police say about that? Or, or what about your mother? Or, or what about this? Or what about that? You know, fear, 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 stop, 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 you know, type thing. And that's not a friend. And those people you need to stay away from. And it's a simple, it's a simple test, real simple test. And you can do that with almost anyone uh, regarding anything, you know. You, you present some big, big project, you know, a big plan that you have, whether it's real or not. You just present that, you know, whether that's something you want to do personally or or as far as your job goes or something. And the response back will tell you uh, where that person's at tone level-wise. You know, if he's fearful, he'll talk fearful. Oh, you'd be ever careful about that, you know. If he's apathetic, he'll go, why even bother? You know, why you even bother trying? It's not going to work. You know, that kinds of things. And so then you know who your friends are, and then you also know who to tell what to. Because obviously... Um, you kind of sometimes have to keep your plans to yourself because if you just spew them out to everybody, you're going to obviously run into these low-tone people and, and they're going to put um, you know, counter thoughts and counter intentions on your lines. And you don't want that. You, know, you want someone who's going to be supportive of you and, and help you accomplish those goals. So it's a simple little test, very simple little test. 
And like I said, you can use it for a number of things. Uh, you know, another example was a racial relationship. You like this person and you're thinking about committing to them. And you've you know, gone out and gone dates and had a good time and dinners and that kind of stuff. Well, you know, at some point, just go, hey, look, you know, I, I wanted to talk with you about the future. And, and here's what I'm looking at, you know, and then just go ahead and, and, and tell him this idea. And, it's gonna, and it should be a big idea, you know, like, yeah, I want to I wanna live in a, you know, in an expensive house, $80,000, $100,000 million house, whatever, you know, in a, in a really nice area of town. I want to have four or five kids, you know. And uh, two-car garage, you know, just really, really mock it up. Not unrealistically, mind you, but, you know, realistically. And then see what comes back. And if what comes back is anything except, wow, that's great. I've been thinking somewhat along those lines myself. As a matter of fact, I was wanting to talk to you about that. Great. Or if he comes back with, oh, I don't know, you know, kids, I don't know, you know, you really, I don't know, that can be a problem. Well, and if you are looking at kids, and even if you're not looking at kids at the time, you may in the future stay away from this boy. You know, go find another one. Go find somebody else. Anyway, that's my um, that's my ramblings for today. So I'll end off here. Uh, talk to you later. Bye-bye. That concludes this episode. Thank you so much for spending some time with me, and I hope you learned something from this. Or at least that you're entertained in some way. Talk to you later.